Welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Foundry Church or how to get involved, visit us at thefoundrychurch.com. All right, first, let me apologize to everybody watching online. I left my mic on and they could hear me singing. I never get so many texts so quick when I do that. Like, Andrew, you, you're terrible. Turn, turn off your mic. We don't want, it's, it's funny how many texts I get that quick. All right. Now, if you've been around here before or for any length of time, you've heard me say this before. Uniqueness permeates all of God's plans. Right? You, uniqueness permeates all of God's plans. And this is, this is great stuff. It really is. This is good stuff, right? From, from galaxies to sandbanks to to fossils, to snowflakes, each element is unique, right? God's unrivaled creation just soars, takes off with originality. And listen, this is why I, I repeat this, right? We, we have to understand, because his children, as his children, as soldiers in his kingdom, as children in his, in his family, each of us, Each of us is a fresh version, a wonderful version of his creativity, right? No no two of us are identical. Each person is a unique compilation of DNA, environment, and, and circumstances, right? No one replicates anyone. Elements of nature are unique, and his children, us, are, are no different. So, so as, a, as a church, right, we, uh, we took this uniqueness and we asked ourselves uh, a few questions like, who are we? Uh, where are we going? And, and why are we going there? Right? And it comes down to this. This is the way that, that we like to think of this, or at least the way I like to think of this. Each band of followers, right, each, each tribe of followers, each local church, however you want to say it, is unique from the other, and that is a good thing, right? Univer- uh, unity in diversity, right? The, it's the global church, right? It's not about the, the name above our door. It's about the name above all names, right? Jesus Christ, right? For a, a silly example, each congregation uh, plays music a little bit differently, right? I mean, even if we play the same exact song, arranged in the same exact manner as another church down the street, uh, the the music is going to emerge differently because the musicians are different. Does that make sense, right? Smart conductors, they understand this, and what they do is they discover the unique sound of their band, and they use it for the good of the group. Right, for the, the good of the mission and, and to achieve the vision that they have for that band. Right? That, that is what our church has done when we replanted and became the foundry in September 2018. And it's what we continue to try to do each year. Right? It's not a, about the latest conference fads or, or some system of church that has worked in the past but is no longer effective. Right? We're, we're not talking about a one size-fits-all approach to to a healthy church, right? It's about this, right? Rolling up our sleeves and seeking the uniqueness of God's presence in our church, right? Seeking out what he has called us as a group to do and to be as ambassadors in his kingdom. And that's why I get excited for this this sermon every year that we we do because it's a fun way to approach our mindset, to to posture ourselves in the family of God, right? Discovering what he's calling us to do and going to do at the foundry, right? And then actually doing it, right? God has called each church and its members to do something. I like to put it this way, right? Take a look. Locally specific, and cosmically significant, right? Every group of followers of Jesus, every church is called to do something that is locally specific and cosmically significant, that, that, that God has called them to do, 
Because they're made up of many different parts of the body of Christ. Locally specific, cosmically significant. And we, Foundry Church, are on the cusp, right? We are, are ready and we are already doing big things in the name of Jesus. And as our mission from God states, right, how we fulfill the, the great commission in Matthew chapter 28 in our locally specific and cosmically significant way is guiding people to forge a lifelong reliance on God. All right? That's how we are locally specific and cosmically significant. Right? And the exciting thing is, is he's calling us to do more, to, to reach out more, to transform not just our families and our communities, but Burke as a whole, to Fairfax County as a whole, and the whole world in his name. Locally specific, cosmically significant. All right, Foundry, we are in it. And I love it, right? I, I thank God, our Lord Almighty, that we get to do it right here, right now. With all the, 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 the visions in society, with all the, uh, the, the troubles that are going on, we are here for such a time as this. Listen, five people baptized last year. Five people, right? Uh, amazing, right? Five people forging their life on God. Right? We have helped uh, uh, feed an average of 75 families every week through our, our food pantry ministry, uh, giving away, like we said earlier, over 70 tons of food this last year. Free of cost, right? Uh, these are families that need help, families that go to our, our local elementary schools. Weekly, we give away meat donated by Giant and Target. We partner with them. Uh, dairy, fresh produce, uh, pantry staples that we get from the Capital Area Food Bank. And you are a part of that. Right? You're doing that. 70 tons of food. Right? Listen, last year we had an amazing Easter last year. Now... Since we couldn't do a huge egg hunt festival and, and all that kind of stuff, we didn't let that stop us. Right? You guys didn't let that stop you. Right? You filled a thousand boxes with eggs, candy. It was 1,500 pounds of candy. Like this whole side of the church was candy. I mean, it's crazy, right? 1,500 pounds of candy, and you put egg dye kits in there, you put toys in there, you put little knickknacks in there. I don't even know. I just sat and ate candy the whole time, right? You put, you put games in there, and then with the help of the Easter Bunny, you pass those out to families at our, our local shopping centers to share fun, to share some joy, but more importantly, the love of God, right? That Easter, we had our biggest Sunday of the year last year, and a baptism on top of that, you did that, right? And I know this is just a lot of numbers, but that's what this, like I said, if you're new, this is a good sermon to kind of get a recap, right? right? But, but, but let me keep going, right? This, this summer, we strive to get the kids out of the house, you know, because of lockdowns and different things. And so we invited our families who come to the food pantry and families all over Burke to our Foundry Olympics that, that Patty put on wonderfully, we had competitions, we had games, we had food, we had more food, and we had a lot more food. We had uh, an opportunity to love our community in a fun and safe way, sharing the love of God, right? And Rob and I kicked some butt in tug of war, right? right? And then we didn't let that stop us, right? This, this last Christmas, we had a live nativity up the road at the shopping center. We had lots of animals. We gave away gallons of hot cocoa, a ridiculous amount of candy canes and popcorn, and we handed out over 300 invites to our Christmas Eve service, representing around 900 people coming through our live nativity. All right? This is, this is a lot of work for one a church to do, and we did it. We, we rolled up our sleeves because we understand that we need to be locally specific, meet the needs of our local area, but cosmically significant. Right? And that's what it, what it means, right? We loved well. We served well. We introduced people to the foundry in hopes that they're going to forge their life on God, live their best life, a life that is forged on him. And that is just a fraction of what God is doing in our midst. Last year, we helped plant a new church in Panama City, Panama. 
right? We had a, a special Christmas offering the year before as they started their prep. Uh, and through the grace of God and with your help, they were able to launch during a pandemic. And in April, they had their first official Sunday with over 180 people their first Sunday, right? In Panama City, right? And, and when we're able to travel back down to Panama, we'll, we'll go back down there, we'll celebrate with them, and, and we'll... we'll, we'll um, when they're able to take guests, we're going to go down there and we're going to support them even further as they put on a kids' camp, hopefully sometime this year. One of their things that they're hoping for, their preferred future, their vision, and that they need help with from us. All right, we also support the Hippo Valley Christian Mission, and despite COVID, they had an exciting, exciting year. Some of you remember Al preaching before all the lockdowns and everything. We're going to have him back this year, and he's going to share some of this, and so I'm just going to share it from underneath him. But one of the things we did for them was we gave them financial support so they could buy goats for their annual preachers conference in Zimbabwe. Africa. Now that sounds funny, right? right? You maybe remember me talking about that last year, but, but local ministers from all around Zimbabwe would, would travel days, sometimes walk days, to get to this, this little conference where they would learn to uh, uh, better communicate the gospel to their people so that they could be locally specific and cosmically significant as well. All right? They would study and pray together, and then on their way home, because of your generosity, they took home a goat, Right? I, that's awesome, right? All right? They took home a goat because of you guys, right? So that they could share that with their family. I don't know. I mean, cheese, milk, meat, I don't know, all right? But you guys did that, right? right? And this year, they also launched uh, and have begun building the Living Proof High School, which I think we have a picture of, all right? Because of our, our, our uh our support and some other support of other churches, uh, they're starting a, a different orphanage in a different block of classrooms, which are already built. Uh, and this is made up of living proof uh, students, students who had no opportunity to go to school unless it was for people like you in Zimbabwe, right? Right? And on top of all that, due to the, the location and the size of this property, which was given to them by the government because of their track record with their school and, and how they educate kids, uh, they're going to have a goat and sheep operation, and hopefully when we travel there, we get to do that, because I think goats are cool, <laughs> all right? Now, we're able to do this, all right, to do these amazing things because of him, for his glory, for his honor, for his purpose, right? And we're just getting started. Right? There, there's even more to our, our locally specific and cosmically significant calling. Right? He's, he's placed a unique frame around us. Right? And, and this is a picture frame that I broke downstairs. <laughs> All right? Trying to get it off, but I'll fix it later. Don't worry. All right? But this is a frame, right? A frame. And, and what does a frame have? It has what? Four sides, right? And this is what we call a mission frame, a frame that helps us use the unique sound of our band, our tribe, our church, our local outposts in the kingdom of God, however we want to put it, right, to fulfill the mission given to us by God. So on one side of the frame, right, one side of the frame, we have our actual mission, right? This is what we do. This is what we do. Right? If, if someone came through our doors for the very first time, this is what they would see us doing. And that is, again, right, guiding people to forge a lifelong reliance on God. All right? All right? Then a, a, another side of our frame is our, our values. Okay? And we may not talk about our values all the time. All right? But this is, this is why we do it. This is what God... Uh, we have discerned through prayer and study before we even relaunched uh, for a couple years through prayer and study of what our local potential kind of is, like who we are as a group, right? So we may not talk about this all the time, but this is what we want people to feel even when they drive by on the street, right? This is if, if someone comes through this door, this is what they, they feel. And it's things like welcoming authenticity, right? We're real, right? You're going through something? Well, guess what? I, I'm going through something too. We can go through it together, hand in hand, 
right? Let's be real. Let's, let, let's welcome the problems. Let's welcome the doubts. Let's welcome each other just to fun and joy, right? Welcoming authenticity. Uh, equipping uh, growth. I'm out of order. All right? Equipping growth, right? Right? It's why we have free resources. It's why we, we do studies. It's why we post devotions online. Right? We want to grow. We want to equip each other. We, we have uh, anchoring truth. Right, The Bible in your lap. That's our source. That's what we want to be anchored to. God's word. Right, That's what we want to have as our, our anchor in this life. We want to talk about transforming generosity. We want people to feel that and experience that. Right? Uh, radical expansion, right? Not just growth of our church, and, and, but the support of missions, right? We helped plant a church that was bigger than us on day one of their, their, their thing, right? right? Radical expansion for the kingdom of God, right? That's why we, one of the thing, one of the main metrics we track is how many people move away from our congregation, right? How many people we commission. Right? How many people who were here for a couple years and now they're moving back home to Idaho or somewhere, right? We want them to be better because of the time they were here, deeper into the truth of God and, and experience his grace a little bit more that they can share that in their, in their new life somewhere else. Right? Radical expansion. So these are things that we want to feel. Right? And then we have our strategy on another side of the frame. Right? Mission, our mission values, our strategy. And this is, this is kind of how we do it. We tweak this a lot, right? But this is, this is if someone came here through the doors, never been here before, this is where we would want them to go, right? And, and so this is actually uh, done by pictures. I don't know if we have the pictures. It's out there above the, the couch in the lobby. But we, uh, we gather, right, at the altar, and if you notice out there on the poster or online or in your welcome packet the first Sunday you were here, the arrow's pointing up. Right? That's this environment that we're in right now. Right? We meet at the altar. Right? We gather. We worship God. We sing praises to his holy name as we're commanded to do in scripture. Right? We, we gather and we, we remember his great sacrifice through communion. Right? We, we, we meet here at the altar and we proclaim his lordship, not just in our lives, but in this world, in this kingdom of his, in this universe, right? And then we step up to the table, right? And if you notice out there, those arrows are pointing inward, right? This is where we do life together. This is when we have Foundry Family Lunch, like next week with the Super Bowl, right? Where we're just going to have fun together, where we're going to have special events together, where we uh, have Bible studies, which we've done a million different ways, and we're going to kind of step back into that. I'm going to talk about that a little later on in the service. It's, it's just where we do life together. It's where we practice the one another's in Scripture, where we pray for one another, where we serve one another, where we help one another, where we confess to one another, right? Where we are just friends that are helping each other forge our life on God. Right? And then we go on to the square. And if you notice there, the arrows are just pointing out. Right? It's a poster over there, out there. Right? The arrows are pointing out. This is where we do our, our local impact missions, like the food pantry, where we uh, support the Assist Pregnancy Center here in Fairfax County, where we, um, I'm going to forget a bunch of people, where we support Hippo Valley Christian Mission, right, where we support uh, Central Church Panama, the church plant in Panama, where we, uh, when we have natural disasters around the world, where we, where we uh, put and help and support through Lifeline Christian Mission, all these different, different, where we go out, but it's also where we go out and we share our faith, uh, share our, our, our faith with our neighbors, where we just share some love through a Easter egg hunt kit that we pass out, right? We're going out to the square, all right? And then we have our measures, all right? A fourth part of the frame, all right? A fourth part of the frame, all right? And this is what we want to become, all right? So if we have our measures all right? This is what we want to become. If we're doing all this, this is kind of the goal, part of the vision almost, right? Is we want to be focused on God's kingdom. We want to be owning our spiritual growth. I can't own your spiritual growth, right? I can't. Right? You got to own it, right? Your mom and dad can't own your spiritual growth. You got to own it, right? Your, your, your spouse can't own your spiritual growth. You got to own it, right? Owning our spiritual growth, we're responsible for inviting others to Christ. That's a command in scripture, right? 
commanded in Scripture, right? Uh, we're growing as a leader worth following. We're embracing Christian community, and we're developing a servant's heart. All right? I know that was a lot to take in, right? And we dig more into that in our pasta with your pastor and sermon series throughout the year. But that's what we want to become, right? This, this frame. Right, this, this frame, it's how we live our best life, a life that is forged on God. Four parts, right? Four sides of a, of a frame. I'm sure there's weird frames out there with five sides, but we're going to stick with the four-sided frame. And that frame is what we want to look through, but we want to see as God guides us on a vision, right? A preferred future like we've talked about the last couple of weeks, Right? And a frame, what does a frame hold? A picture, right? A picture, a picture of the preferred future, uh, something, right? A vision that God has placed on the heart of every leader in this church, a vision that is big and powerful and prayer inducing. And a part of that is becoming forged, right? We want every man, woman, and child right, in our midst. In our spheres, when we leave here, in our communities, to become forged, right? Focused on God's kingdom, owning their spiritual. We, right? we want that. Now, real quickly, I want to hit the pause button, right? And I want to stop very quickly because you might be saying, if we have a mission, right, and a mission frame, right, mission and its parts, mission values, mission strategy, and mission, mission um, measures, why do we have to have a vision, right, this, this picture, right? You might be asking that, and I, I did, right, because <laughs> aren't they the same thing, right? That's what we might be thinking, right? And I want to make sure that we all know the difference between a mission and vision because they are not the same thing. They're not, right? And I'll remind you that our, our mission is to make uh, disciples, to fulfill Matthew chapter 28 by guiding people to forge a lifelong reliance on God, right? The, the mission... This frame is a compass, all right? It's a compass, all right? It, it, it makes the overall direction of our church unquestionable, and it points everyone in that direction, all right? It's a compass. Vision, the picture in here, which we're going to talk about, right? Vision, on the other hand, is not a compass. Rather, it's more closely related to a travel brochure, right? It has pictures, it has the highlights, it has the good stuff. Maybe it's the screensaver you put on your laptop of the place you're going to this summer, the beach you're going to, right? The, the palm tree and the hammock and the, the fruity drink, right? It's that picture of that preferred future, where you want to be sometime in the future, right? That's what vision is. Vision, vision shows us where we want to be in the future. It paints a picture of the great places that God wants to take us, right? Mission, mission, that frame, is the golden thread that weaves through every activity of our church directing us to the vision, all right? Are we tracking? All right, mission the frame integrates and aligns our activities to guide us toward the vision that God has for us. Vision is our future. It makes us excited, breathless, and encourages us to take huge-sized risks in the name of Jesus. Right? Both as, as individuals and corporately as the local church, as a band of believers that are here at 9800 Old Keene Mill Road, or watching online, right? Mission, mission, the frame, is how we are to be the church, right? Vision, vision is where our church will be if we live out the mission. Mission, four parts, like a frame, Holding the vision. And so that's where we find ourselves today. Uh, talking about the vision of God, the preferred future, the picture that God wants for us. And to do that, I'm going to share one of my favorite stories. A story that I told a few times since we started this whole foundry thing. And like any good story, it starts with once upon a time. Right? A long, long, long time ago, there was nothing. Nothing except God. 
nothing except God. There was darkness. There was a void. The the never-ending night. Nothing. And to God, the God that we forge our life on, to God, he saw this nothing as a blank canvas. God saw the void as an opportunity to create, to grow. He had a vision, right? He had a picture of the future, a preferred picture of the the future. It is as if nothing, this void was waiting on God to turn it into something. And that's exactly what God did, right? He, He reached into our world and he spoke Man, he spoke, and everything we know, everything we see, everything we taste, feel, and love was a result of him speaking that vision. He created light, he created matter, he created earth, water, plants, animals, planets, just to name a few things, right? Then he created us created us, his, his favorite and most treasured creation. Each and every one uniquely has his thumbprint on us for all the time, all of history. Right? This, this creation of everything from nothing is a picture, an illustration of what happens when God looks down and he speaks his vision into this world. Look at what happens. Right? You've heard me say this before. When he does this, it's simple. Big stuff happens, right? <laughs> That's the theology term, right? <laughs> right? When, when God just speaks, big stuff happens. When he speaks his vision into this world, right, theologically it's known all over the world as big stuff is getting done. It's happening. Stuff happens that, that people talk about for generations and generations to come. Right? God took nothing and he created uh, a perfect place for his people to grow to worship, to thrive, he started humanity. Pretty big thing. But then we know, right, that the, the story takes a tragic turn. Adam and Eve, they, they rebel against God. They, they fall and they take God's beautiful world down with them. Paradise is lost and perfection is ruined. God's best is tossed aside. Humanity, humankind, was left waiting and wondering, have we blown it? Oh, man, we messed this up. Is God gone forever? Will this ever be made right again? People thought God had left forever, but in fact, he didn't leave at all because it was all a part of his vision. You see, when God has a vision for something, he sticks around even in the dark times, in the valleys, to bring about his dreams, that picture of the preferred future. You see, just a few generations later, after Adam and Eve, God reached into the world, and he spoke his vision again, and guess what happened? Big stuff. Big stuff, right? God visited an old cranky man named Abraham. He said, I know this is hard to believe, but I'm about to start something new. I'm going to make a great nation out of you and your wife. And he said, how's that possible? I don't have any kids. My wife is old. God said, it doesn't matter. He says, the people of this nation I'm going to make from you and your wife, they're going to be my people and I will be their God. Right? This was a history-changing moment. God was there with the plan from the very beginning, a preferred future, a vision. He talked about the future. He talked about this picture, right, of the future using phrases like my people and and with me, right? And so it began. Abraham had a son and then a nation and then eventually a promised land. And to everyone's amazement, God actually lived with this nation called Israel. Right, we know this, right? And not since Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden had God come and made his home among mankind. So Israel, it grew. Right? This nation, it grew, it prospered, it expanded. It was a testimony to everyone. This, right here. 
You see, right, when God shows up and his vision is realized, nothing stays the same and things will never go back to the way they were. They'll never go back to the way they were because big stuff had happened. Right? And people are going to talk about it. They're going to sing about it. They're going to they're write stories about it for generations to come. Now, the, the theme of, of the story, when God has a vision, he shows up and big things happen. Right? We got that. It's amazing. It's, it's life-changing, world-changing, big stuff. But we haven't even gotten to the coolest part yet. Have we? Right? Because up to this point, God showed up at a distance. He showed up at a distance, right? No one could see him face to face. No one could touch him. Very few people talked to him directly, and he was rarely heard audibly. Sure, he would send a message or two through dreams, angels, or even a burning bush. But even in his most present, intimate moments, he was still hidden, right? There there was still a, a veil, between uh, him and us until a baby was born, right? Until Jesus, God in the flesh, right? And that's when the the story uh, of God speaking vision really gets exciting and gets incredible. You see, this was God's vision from the very beginning, right? From the very beginning. This is what God had been planning all along to personally, to personally enter our world, to be with us face to face, to sit with us knee to knee, to walk among his creation like he did in the Garden of Eden. No more separation, no more distance, and no more veil. Now, all right, let me Let me speak some serious truth here, right? I want you to lean in. In this story, right, Jesus, God in the flesh, lived among us, right? He he showed us the way to have a relationship with the Heavenly Father, a relationship that is characterized by intimacy and closeness, adjectives that remind us of the way that Adam and Eve must have, have walked with God before that first sin, right? Jesus, God in the flesh, carried the title God with us, meaning God in the body with human flesh and bones here among us, big stuff, And he starts to communicate his vision even more clearly, right? He says, listen, the blind are going to have their eyes opened, right? He says the deaf had their hearing is going to be restored and the paralyzed and crippled, they're not just going to stand up, but they're going to stand up and they're going to dance in the street, right? He talks about the sick becoming healthy and he shows us what that looks like. The hungry were fed, right? Even the dead were brought to life. What a preferred future. What a picture. What a vision, right? No one had ever seen miracles like that. When he spoke, it was as if he knew the hearts of men, almost as if he kind of created them, right? His words gave life. They set people free, and they shed light into a dark world. But he didn't stop with his words. What he did altered all of history. He died on a cross. He rose from the dead, not just for the nation of Israel, but for everyone throughout all time through Jesus, right? And his vision through us forging our life on him. The broken can now be healed still. The lost, they're going to be found, right? The captives can now be set free. The guilty can now be forgiven. And the dead can now be raised to life, to eternal life. What a vision. What a picture to frame. Right? Right, look, this story, this story summarizes the fact and it illustrates that what happens when God's vision is brought to life and it shows up, all right? When it shows up in this world, it says the world is never the same and people never stop talking about it. Things get done. Big things, big stuff gets done. Right? Throughout the history of man, 
Foundry Church. Throughout the history of man, God had a vision for his favorite creation, mankind, for his people, for us as a group, for you as individuals here right now today, no matter your age. For all of time, God's vision has led him to show up and to change the world. And y'all, I spent the last couple weeks in Kentucky. (laughs) And y'all, he's not done yet. He's not done yet. He's still showing up in our world, our city, our neighborhoods, our offices, our homes around the dinner table and in our church. He's showing up. Right, he's still showing up. And what is even better is that he has invited you, you, me, us, the foundry, the other local churches here in Burke, the global church, to get involved and to play a role. You see, after Jesus died and he rose from the dead, he went back to, to be with God the Father until his second coming, right? He, he rose from the dead, from the, out of the grave. He was here for 40 days, and then he went back up into heaven. And I imagine, right, the way that it works in my mind is that when he left, his disciples, his followers were thinking, oh, shoot. Oh, man, this is not good. Right? This is not good, right? Who's going to do the healing, the leading, the teaching, the preaching, and the vision casting now? Who's going to paint that picture of the preferred future? Right? Who, who's, going to, who's going to make sure the broken can be healed? Who's going to make sure that the lost can be found? Who's going to, who's going to set the captives free? How are the, for, the, the guilty can be forgiven? Right? How are the dead going to come back to life with Jesus gone? What's the plan? Right? That's, that's how I imagine his disciples being. But then a few years later, The Apostle Paul, writing to Christians in that same generation, to those Christians, asking those questions, said something that should change our lives if we're forging our life on God. It should change our lives even today on January, February, whatever today's date is. (laughs) Even today. It, It should change our schedules it should change how we go to church and what we do with our resources. Right? This, is, this is what he says. Right? Check it out. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. I'm just going to read, read it to you. He says, now you, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We can't miss this. All right? Can't miss this. All right. So let me peel this onion here for a moment. All right. What this is, what, what this is. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of what this is, is a huge, all right? Get this a huge and incredible, a, a ginormous invitation. All right. It's like an invitation to the party of the year when you're in like junior high, right? Like that girl you, you had your eye on, she invited you to her birthday party, right? It's bigger than that, right? It's bigger than that. This is a huge and incredible invitation. Paul's saying, you all remember Jesus, right? That's what he's saying. You all remember Jesus. He was God in the body, God in flesh and bones. Now it's your turn. That's what he's saying. He's saying it's your turn. You, you Foundry Church and all the people that make it up. You are summoned to be the hands, the feet, the voice, the face, the the arms, the legs, the ears, and even the nose hairs of God Almighty. He is saying that your presence is requested alongside, get this, alongside the Father as he heals, as as he meets needs, as he leads, as he comforts hearts, as he binds up wounds and saves souls, as he restores families and changes minds and transforms futures in this world. As he's proclaiming vision, he wants you with him. Man, Foundry Church, that is a vision that is worth framing. People living their best life, a life that is forged on God, owning their spiritual growth, (laughs) 
growing as a leader with following, focusing on God's kingdom, responsible for inviting others into the kingdom, into eternal life, embracing Christian community, growing as that leader. Man, that's a vision. (laughs) And like only our God can, he takes it a step further. Right, God has a vision for the church and he wants us to show up with him and change everything. And he wants us to make the big thing happen. Listen, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's not about doing something nice. It's not about doing something life-changing. It's not about butts in the seats, as we said during this series. It's about butts in heaven. It's about butts in heaven, right? It's about, it's about us showing up, rolling up our sleeves, doing the work so that God can show up in this place, show up in our lives, show up in our family, show up in our community, show up in this world, show up everywhere and show off like only he can. And there's people all over the globe wondering, Where is God? Is there a God? Is he worth my time? Right? And the answer is yes. And we can dig into that more later, why that answer is yes. And the answer to where he is is he's in us. His spirit is alive and well and is on fire. Right? So like Noah, like Abraham and Jesus' disciples, right? we have work to do and let's not mess it up. Right? Our mission is clear. Our frame is clear. Guiding people to forge a lifelong reliance on God. The the frame is clear. We want to be a place where the whole family can come together, can grow together, can become that forged individual together. Where we can guide each other into that. Right? That's clear. It's what we're about. And Just for a moment, let me talk some practicalities about that picture. Right, the, taking God's big picture and boiling it down for us right here, right now. Real, real, real quick. Um, real quick. Pictures have horizons, right? Um, some pictures, anyways. Like pretend you framed a mountain vista picture, right? And, and and you take that picture if you're a photographer, and right here at the bottom of the picture, what is there? There's like maybe the dirt of the trail, the hiking trail, right? A bench, a park bench, and then maybe a little bit further up, there's some pine trees, kind of a little bit off into the distance, but not too far. But then beyond those pine trees is this big old mountain, right? And then beyond the mountain, who knows what, right? It's beyond the horizon. Think, think of the picture like that. Does that make sense? Right, you have like what is right here, and then you kind of, you know, the picture goes up to beyond the horizon, behind, beyond the mountain, all right? And that's kind of the picture that I have in my mind when we talk, talk vision. And so I want to talk about what, what's right here, at least, for the next year or so, right? Kind of the focus and, and kind of beyond then the horizon later. Does that make sense? All right, listen, every, every frame that holds a picture, and our frame is no different, right? And I want, you to, I want to show this picture. This picture is kind of what is in our frame, at least for the first Year like that, that. This is the thing that's right here in our vision. All right? Show the, is that. Yep. All right. All right. This is a picture. All right. Blacksmith shop. All right. Now let me explain. This picture is not of child labor. <laughs> this is a picture of a striker. All right. And the striker is the little boy. All right. The striker is the little boy. A striker is, is sort of like an apprentice or an assistant in a blacksmith shop. Right. They're learning the trade, but they are more than that because they have a specific task, right? And do you notice what that, the striker, the, the apprentice in this picture is holding? He's holding a hammer, right? Right? He's holding a, a, a hammer. You see the, the striker, the apprentice, the, the uh, assistant, right? Just not just sit on the sidelines, and that's the same here at the foundry, right? They don't sit on the sidelines of their blacksmith shop, of a foundry, a real foundry, right? He wields a powerful tool, 
Right? He, he's striking. He's doing work. Sure, he's learning from the blacksmith, right? but he's also playing a part, a powerful part in creation, in work, in proclaiming the vision of whatever that piece that they're working on is supposed to be, right? You, you kind of see where I'm going with this, I hope. Right? <laughs> right? I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but there's been a bit of a baby boom around here at the foundry. <laughs> And as we've been called to guide all people, no matter their age, in forging a lifelong reliance on God. And so this kind of, the, the first part of that, that picture that's in the frame, right, that, that, you know, that first step maybe, however we want to proclaim that, the, I don't even know what you would call that, the foreground. Foreground. Look at that. Right there, right? Look at that. That trail, that first year, the foreground, right, is what we're calling this. 2022 is the year of the striker, right? The year of the striker. Our children have been given a powerful gift, right? And as their guides, as their blacksmiths, we have been called to teach them how to wield their hammer. Right? They're a part of the kingdom of God right now. They're not the future church. They're a part of the church right now. Right? And we've been asked to go ahead and, and make a way for them like a true God, like a, a great apprentice. And so here are just a few things that are kind of in the foreground and the midground. Is that the next? All right. The foreground and the midground for the next couple of years. All right. First is hiring a family life minister. All right. Some of you guys have heard that, that we're looking, we're, we're looking around. Uh, and we have some amazing volunteers to help lead our Foundry kids on Sunday morning, uh, but they need help when we don't want to forget about our older Foundry students, our middle and high school students. So we're looking for a youth minister. Right? Someone who can uh, not just help here, but uh, can also get plugged in with the schools locally. Right? We've already begun conversations with, with groups like FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and, and how we can help meet their needs by hiring someone here and all that kind of stuff. Right? That's, that's something that's in the foreground right now. Right? That's, that's happening right now. Right? So with all that in mind, we, we have put out ads that we're, we're calling a family minister, uh, so that the, and we're calling it a family, this person a family minister so that we can help facilitate not just the strikers in our church family, but also the blacksmiths, right? We have always said that uh, this is a place for the whole family to grow together, and it is our dream that God would send our way a minister who will facilitate the multi-generational forging that God has called us to, right? And not just in these walls, and like we said, but in the walls of our local junior and senior high schools as well. All right, and so that's in the works, that's in the process, that's a part of the vision, how we heal hearts and proclaim truth and grace, right? And then another thing is beginning discussions about expansion, especially kids' space. Now, anytime a minister, I get this, talks about expansion, there's some clinching of the hindquarters, <laughs> all right, because that usually means money. Um, but let's, let's all take a collective breath here for a second because nothing happens quickly in Fairfax County. All right. All right. So we, with the, who, the guys that helped us remodel here, discussions of how, what we can potentially do, what our land is able to do, all that stuff takes conversations with the county and uh, is a multi-year process. We're just starting that process. So that's the mid-ground, Right. Expansion, especially for kids' space, for community usage, a little bit bigger building instead of a little shed for our food pantry, all right? Um, that kind of stuff, all right? Um, let me make sure I get all my notes here. Even to talk about creating more space for the founder kids, it takes years. Uh, so this year, we're beginning the process of finding out what it would take to build a space specifically for the strikers, our founder kids, our students, and the community as a whole, all right? You may look around and say, all right, we have enough space. Well, there is space, right, and just enough, right? But if we grow even by a few more families, which we will, uh, we will need more space, especially in our nurseries, especially in our kids' spaces. So this year, we'll begin these conversations and keep you posted along the way. And it's just boring land surveys is what it starts with. <laughs> All right. The third thing of this horizon, uh, kind of something for this foreground this year, is uh, small groups. Discipleship groups, stepping up to the table, Bible studies, however we want to term them. Uh, we've done certain things before COVID, taking a break with COVID. We're going to bring some of those back. White blacksmiths do not, you know, we said this is the year of the striker, but, but to be a year of a striker, we also need to be good blacksmiths. We need to be in the word. 
we need to study how to share that with the next generations, with, with each other. And so that's why we're going to be kicking back some Bible studies in small groups and keeping you all aware of that. Right? The, uh, we want to work alongside our strikers, bring them up, um, uh, show them how to turn a tool, how to, how to put a horseshoe on a horse, however we want to word it. Right? But we want to be the best uh, people for our kids. Uh, whether they're our kids or our community's kids, right? So to better uh, equip the blacksmiths at the foundry, we're working on restarting small groups in a new kind of fresh way, in different ways, um, on what that would look like. We're excited about this and about working hand-in-hand hand together uh, with each other as we grow and as we ourselves are forging the lifelong reliance on God. Now, before we uh, close out today, I want to make sure that you know that I wasn't just sitting around one day and then these things just popped in my head. Right? These things have been on, uh, uh, been thought about and prayed about for, for uh, this last year and being continued to be worked through, but not just by me or our staff, but by a group of our foundry elder apprentices. Um, these are men who have worked this last year to learn what it means to be an elder and what it means to specifically be an elder at the foundry and so much more. This is a process, process that we started with some of the men that led us in the replant but then had passed away or moved. We kind of rekindled that and got some outside coaching and guidance and support. And so these men, they're great men who I've already loved working with and putting the hammer to the nail, so to say. And we cannot wait to keep going for a long time to come, right? And, and these men are men like Tyler Smith back there in the booth, uh, Ryan Walker, who's not here today, and then Jim Edmondson, who's watching online, right? In the next year, they'll be formally ordained as elders. Uh, but together, we've been working and praying together for the future of the foundry. So we also wanted to make that loud and clear announcement. Church, we are, we are following, as the band comes up, we are following the big vision that God has for us in trust. Right? We are, are following to places that are bigger, that are deeper, that are, are just wider and more powerful than we could ever imagine. Uh, just not just about cool things or kids' ministries or, or new hires. It's about transforming futures, eternity. And God is with us on this calling, and we're dreaming big, and I'm excited, and I hope you are too. So let's continue. Let's, let's continue to worship and just take it to him.